joining us today, Sahil, at Career in Development. Uh, thanks so much for taking out the time. Just no worries, you're welcome. Just to quickly introduce you to our listeners, uh, Sahil is a consultant at the Asian Development Bank and uh, with about four and a half years of experience of working at the ADB, uh, Sahil is a perfect person to consult regarding opportunities uh, of working with multilateral organizations. I first spoke to Sahil about a year ago when we were uh, understanding development sector landscape for launching career and development. And Sahil was very generous with his time then as he has been now. And I was blown away by the information Sahil shared with me. Now that we were thinking about uh, people to deconstruct, deconstruct the multilateral space, uh, we thought Sahil is a perfect person to consult again. Thank you again, Sahil, uh, for taking out the time. No worries, Ria. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm happy to talk to you about anything that you need to know for your uh, for your initiative, career and development. Great. Um, so, Sahil, how about we begin by just talking about your current role at the Asian Development Bank? What What do you do uh, on a day to day basis? What are your responsibilities? Sure. Right. Currently, I'm I'm working as a consultant. Uh, uh, specifically in Indonesia for a project that uh, works on financial inclusion in overall Indonesia, but specific is focusing on Eastern Indonesia. So uh, it's uh, when, when I when I teach, when I speak about financial inclusion, it includes three broad aspects, which is financial access, uh, um, literacy, financial literacy, and consumer protection. So our work is uh, is divided into all these three areas, depending on what the the financial services uh, authority of Indonesia needs from us and what the project requirements are. So as a consultant, I I generally day-to-day uh, -day activities include um, uh, stakeholder management, team coordination. I review a lot of proposals and research and content that needs to be shared from the team on ground. Uh, and any other um, uh, any other uh, specific uh, content that needs to be reviewed, yeah, as I mentioned earlier. And I also talk to potential partners in the fintech sector, or um, or NGOs, or or similar development institutions in in Indonesia who are, who are trying to do financial inclusion work. So yeah, that's uh, uh, as a, I have a team on ground, a team of five people. And I have also, there are fellow consultants from around the world. I also work with consultants in, uh, like consumer protection lawyer in the US. I work with uh, another ex uh, experienced banker in India and a couple of other local consultants. You've been here for about four and a half years now. So how have your, how has the work that you've uh, done evolved with time? Sure, this, this current, uh, consultancy role is specifically in one project uh, or one one initiative uh, but usually that's how consultancies work in adb you are a consultant uh, for a for a project and your your terms of reference is def defined according to uh, whatever that your role requires you to do and if you can have multiple different consultancies uh, so i was also part of uh, various different consultancies which is related to youth empowerment because earlier before being a consultant i was hired as a um, as sort of an intern uh, but it was different from an adb intern project it was directly in a project where i was hired as a youth project designer 
specifically focusing on agriculture and natural resources sector, which means what I, for, for around close to two years, uh, I was uh, supporting the NGOs and civil societies uh, center of, uh, of Asian Development Bank, uh, where um, uh, like I was helping them to define various different youth interventions in ADB projects. So for example, if we, if we take like a, a sanitation project in, in a specific uh, developing member country in Asia, in that sanitation project, we used to analyze uh, what kind of, which area is the sanitation project taking, uh, taking place? What are the objectives of the sanitation project? What kind of implications does it have to young people on ground? And how can young people be involved in the project to better represent them at the same time having uh, having some specific components for uh, for the development of youth or engagement with youth so for two years i was doing that so in that in that in that role i was supporting multiple projects it was not uh, limited to one project as a consultant right now since i'm limited to my own uh, contract with one project in the previous role i was uh, supporting multiple projects as part of the NGOs and civil society center because that is their mandate. They support various different projects and, and give uh, uh, give their views and consultations and help with their project implementation and design. Essentially, when you were hired as an intern, you were still performing the consulting role, but working across different projects. And now yes. you've been hired as a consultant for a specific project. So you're like deep into this one project. Yes, um, rightly put. Okay, wow. Uh, so across these two different, or across all of these different projects that you've worked uh, on, what would you say were your favorite and not so favorite aspects of like working? Yes, uh, I think the favorite aspect had to be the interaction with uh, many uh, partners, individuals and organizations. Um, because I get to, I, I mean, I personally like to understand what different people are up to, what kind of initiatives exist outside. Uh, I mean, what, what methodologies are they using for their own, uh, to meet their own project uh, objectives, uh, what new technologies exist outside. So I think that's, uh, that's very, uh, that's my favorite part to just interact with new people. In, in most of the cases that interaction with potential partners, of course, it it's, does not, uh, it does not lead to direct partnership because the direct partnership with ADB is like very complicated. Uh, but like we do somehow support each other in in uh, uh, we 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 figure out how we are um, where we cross and then we support each other in these activities. Like for example, if they also have a specific budget for civil society participation, and we also have a specific project for civil society positive participation, then we mutually uh, figure out uh, an initiative that we can do together. So just figuring that part out, understanding what people are up to, that's that's my favorite part. And not so favorite part is just uh, the heavy coordination that's required in, in these projects with, uh, with various different stakeholders. I mean, it's very important to make sure that all the stakeholders are in the same page, but uh, but it's not so favorite for me because you have to constantly follow up with people. You have to you have to make sure that like you know there are some people who might who might require uh, a lot of extra things to be done while we think that it's almost finalized. So we'll have to ensure that like um, 
everybody is on the same page. So that's a little bit uh, can be frustrating sometimes, uh, but it's of course very important. But it, and it's not that favorite part for me. No. I can I can completely understand <laughs> dealing with. Yeah, some... I mean, you had to follow up a lot with me also. So <laughs> I mean, no, no, <laughs> I wasn't referring to that. I was just referring to my previous stint while uh, uh, working with government. Uh, as a consultant and how it involves just dealing with so many people and like every day you start with a list of hey these are the 15 things I need to follow up on and that list like you hope to cross off at least 10 out of those 15 to list uh, and you end up doing just like two or three and adding five more. Uh, That's true but it, but it's uh, I mean for the people who can do a very good stakeholder coordination are the people who really know how to follow up regularly <laughs> and um, and I have a lot of my colleagues who who are very good at it and they get things done very quickly in comparison to others who don't like doing this so it's a very good skill to have yeah. definitely definitely awesome so seems like you're doing some really exciting work at ADB like solving financial inclusion in Indonesia doing such a varied uh, bunch of activities uh, absolutely loved getting to know more about it, Sahil. Um, I think maybe now we can move on to the next section where we talk more generally about uh, working at a multilateral organization. I know your experience has been focused on ADP specifically, but just from, it's, it's been such a long experience and just, and I'm guessing you would have also engaged a lot with other multilateral organizations uh, given your work right now. So it would be great to get your sense uh, of just like more, more, just to get a general sense of working at different multilateral organizations. Um, I think the first thing uh, I would like to ask is what would you think are the different ways in which people can work with multilateral organizations? So I know your focus has been specifically in as a consultant at ADB, but there, there are so many different ways in which a person can engage with multilateral organizations. We've called few of those out in our, in our development landscape, a document that I just shared with you earlier where we spoke about how people can work in, in, in a research capacity, in an impact, uh, ME monitoring and evaluation capacity or grassroots implementation or funding capacity. In, like, do you have any thoughts on these roles or some other roles through which uh, people can work with multilateral organizations? Yeah, certainly. So there, there is direct way of engaging with multilaterals and indirect way as well. What I can what I can initially do is I can just share how I got engaged directly and, and also meanwhile give you some examples of other uh, other means of engagement. Like for me, for example, as I mentioned, I, I was an intern for a while. And after that internship, I used to help in, in de developing project proposals. I used to help in, in supporting monitoring and evaluation specific to youth engagement or youth activities. I used to also give comments and, uh, and, and do detailed uh, desk research for specific, uh, for specific projects if they needed any help. Uh, and after that, um, since I was directly engaged as a as an intern, uh, there was an opportunity that was open uh, in Indonesia, which was related to financial inclusion. Though my interest was was primarily in environment and sustainability, I thought, why not give this a try? And uh, it, it was basically to uh, directly. I was di then I was directly engaged as a consultant to 
design and implement a survey, a national level uh, youth financial inclusion survey, because that kind of study was not done in Indonesia before. Uh, and I thought that it was a good opportunity to lead a team, directly be involved in, in a national level survey, working with the, um, with the, with the national financial inclusion, so like uh, the, the government overall, and there is local organizations called TNP2K. So it was a good exposure. So there I, I together with other consultants and government, we designed a survey which, which identified, of course, various different socioeconomic, there were socioeconomic factors in it, identified various questions for, ident for understanding financial behavior, uh, and uh, and aspirations of young people in Indonesia. Uh, so so that specific uh, engagement uh, and and that research uh, across Indonesia that led me to another initiative, which was more related to financial education, which is also a consultancy. And then like basically, then I got renewed into the same project with the same team. Uh, because the project also continued for a long time. So that's an example of a direct engagement. You can engage as a consultant. You can have multiple consultancies at the same time as well. I chose to just focus on this particular consultancy. That's, that's just my choice. But a lot of people, actually majority of the people focus on multiple different consultancies. Um, uh, then you can also be, become a staff um, where a lot of people directly enter in a staff position. They're usually mid-career people who are um, who have very strong, who are industry experts, who have very strong exposure and, and, and background in a specific field. They are, uh, they are specialists in their area. Um, if you want to age range, it's around people who are 35 to 45 years old. I, I would say more than 40 to 50 also. Uh, and those people that come from different sectors and they, they direct apply to a staff position and, and they get into it. Um, there are other ways to also get into directly in ADB, which is um, through these uh, young professional programs or, uh, or programs similar to that. I think the World Bank has, has a similar program, um, which is, uh, if, I, if I remember it correctly, it's called junior professional program, if I'm not wrong, uh, or um, or something like that, or the analyst program. So where they focus on hiring young people into into the multilateral sector, and I think there are young professional programs in many organizations now, not only in in banks but also in UN agencies, also in some NGOs or think tanks. So um, the what they do in a young professional program is essentially they hire a person who's relatively inexperienced uh, and they train those people in different, their internal departments. They have, I think they have a rolling system where for six months they work in one department and for six months they work in another department. And I think after two years or something, they become, they have to choose which department that they have to work in for a longer period of time. So that's an example of a YPP. Uh, but those are direct ways of engaging with a multilateral organization. You can also be, um, as an individual, if you want to, if you want to engage, you can also engage indirectly. Which I'm, what I mean by indirectly is by working with a project implementation partner, um, an organization like ADB or multilateral organizations. They hire uh, private companies or um, 
for think tanks or research organizations to do a lot of their activities because especially adb it's like a finance financing agency it's a bank that finances a lot of development work so they hire a lot of people and um, people and organizations so you can be a part of the organization um as an individual so that's like indirect engagement where you are directly indirectly working in an adb financed or a world bank financed project through a firm uh the firm can be any anywhere from like anything from university to uh to um, like a consultancy like the pwc like a private consultancy it can be uh an ngo uh and it can be it can be many many things and you you can also work, be working if you're if you're a civil servant um, then you can also be indirectly working with adb where adb uh hires a civil servant or a government agency as an implementing agency and then you work on an adb project so yeah um uh, long story short uh, there are multiple ways of engaging with a multilateral uh, institution um it doesn't matter which which sector you are in or uh, if you're it doesn't matter what kind of role you have uh, there are multiple different uh, hiring opportunities uh, in here so as as you were saying this i was creating a mental flow chart and please let me know if i have this correct sure. in terms of being employed by a multilateral organization there are direct and indirect ways within direct you can work with uh, work either permanently as a staff which can be through the yp route or some other route like the young professional route or similar programs or other some other route or you can work as a consultant which is more of a contractual sort of a role right, right. so this direct uh, within direct is full time and sort of like contractual basis and right. intermittent within... or continuous contracts you can be uh, you can be a consultant also you can be a contractor also i think i don't know the differences between them but there are also opportunities where uh, i'm sorry to cut you there but i just got reminded of there's something called becoming a secondi where let's say if there is um, i think i i know a person so if this plan international or or i don't know like wwf as an organization okay so wwf has a has a project or uh, an ongoing mou with adb where some sometimes they have they put in their own staff member to work within adb so that means you are seconded to <laughs> work adb but your all your salary and everything it is in adb um, i mean they have their own standards of uh, whatever salary it is that that's that's adb standards but it's being paid by a third party another organization so you're seconded um from another organization the government you can be seconded by the government you can be seconded by the private sector i think private sector i don't know if it's possible but for sure like uh, an ngo you can be seconded by them so yeah that's also another way so this is an example of indirect engagement right because you are yes. not employed by adb it's, it's somewhere in between because <laughs> because you need to have an mou so <laughs> there is a direct uh, communi- i mean within the mou or a partnership it's mentioned that there will be a secondi mm. so okay. it's an organizational let's say it's an organizational way of working mm. with adb yeah got it so direct is where let's say adb is directly paying a salary just like for my charity uh then there's secondment which is where adp knows that there will be secondies coming uh right. and they will host ADP. them they will act i mean they have all the privileges and and you know their um, 
everything is like a staff uh, mm-hmm. they're, but they're seconded by another okay. organization but it's, it's almost like a staff but this but this uh, the salary comes from someone else and yeah. then there's indirect where you're working for an adb project but you're actually a part of another organization in the truest sense right you're yes uh, not as a seconding where you're essentially uh, functionally a part of adb but yes. here you're functionally the a project part. is financed by adb but yeah mm-hmm. you're you're like an employee of another company or an organization and this sort of setup you're saying happens is common across multilateral organizations it's not just specific to adb yes yes i'm pretty sure i mean in your experience also you might yes. have come across so many people who are working in adb funded projects yes. which means essentially their salary is actually coming from adb but it's through yes. a firm or an organization right so, yes yes i've seen a lot of people uh do that with uh even like indirect employment is like people do that through international bilateral agencies like i know people who were working on usa projects right but as part right. of some other organization in fact exactly that <laughs> along with others that i know um so yes like it's probably common across multilateral and bilateral agencies yes got it so this was more around how you can be employed by these organizations but in what other roles that you will do when you're employed so there's a wide variety there as well just because these are such large organizations that have such varied needs so could right. you i know we can't cover all of these roles because there's so many but yes. uh, for like just keeping for somebody who wants to work in the development sector wants to focus not on the operational side which is like finance uh, hr etc but more on the development aspect of the work what would you say are the key roles that a person can work across uh, yeah. i mean uh, I, I, like um, for example of course like i don't know if there are key roles i think there are technical roles as well like even things like an mne expert as you mentioned earlier is a technical role which usually is a consultant then you have all the other technical people coming in for example building a proposal for a solar park you know you need a technical expertise for that or a person who has x amount of experience so that's also a technical role you sometimes need people just to uh do on ground research work so you need researchers who have some experience doing uh, qualitative research on ground so you need those people you need people for so like you know there are as a consultant they hire you for a specific a specific uh activity or a specific role uh, that's a part of a project uh so you can also be hired as a videographer if you want to if there is an opportunity uh, i think these are public opportunities so if you want to check uh, in adb for example you there is a, something called a consultant management system cms.adb.org uh, you go and register yourself there and then you can see uh, all the consultancy roles that is out um, right now which is uh, uh they have their public calling so they i think there is a mandatory 7 7 day or 14 day period especially for individual consultants that they need to um, advertise it publicly and uh, and you can apply it there so there are so many different roles from water engineering expert to uh to mne expert to researchers to a solar a uh, pv expert or like uh, there is a lot of things like to a banking finance expert um to a, a professional videographer uh, or um, 
or like you know design person who like for example i know that in my in financial inclusion there is a lot of focus on financial literacy so we are quite a lot of times searching for graphic designers to build uh, friend i mean youth friendly or or like a specific content for a specific um, uh, profile of people so quite a lot of times we need people for that we need people for website development so it's like a very you can whatever skill that you have i think it's more like a skill based if you are expert in a specific skill um uh, then you will you might have an opportunity some might be more than the others like for example adb works a lot in construction like building roads and highways so it usually happens through a firm but sometimes uh, there is a lot of more technical roles and now nowadays there is a lot of focus on um on clean energy so if you are an expert in in um have you you you've been part of developing various different solar parks or off grid solar networks then you will have a lot more opportunities in comparison to let's say what i'm doing which is more focused on uh, uh like uh, something which is youth engagement or youth development or or things which is related to young people so which is a very niche area and not a lot of opportunities exist outside uh so yeah that's um that can probably give you a background as for staff um it's different they usually want people who are good at managing initiatives and and uh, managing development projects uh, especially for a project officer role in a specific sector they need some technical uh, experience of course they need to have usually like a at least a masters degree or a phd nowadays i think they prefer a lot of phd uh, candidates um and um, and uh, an experience uh, probably past experience working in in development initiatives let's say if you are working i mean if you are working in in the planning department of your country or a lot of people in in adb especially mid career people are ex civil servants so after they finishing 10 years or 15 years in in um, of civil service they sometimes come to adb and work as a project officer so yeah that's uh, i hope that answers your question <laughs> yes uh, so essentially what you're saying is adb hires a lot of experts in specific domains uh, for their project requirements and then when they do hire generalists mostly for managing different projects and the kind of background they're looking for is like a masters or a phd experience in program management experience of working on development initiatives or prior like they also tend to hire a lot of prior civil servants for this role right and they also have a department of private sector like ifc is i think uh, for for the way ifc is for world bank i think adb has their own uh department which is private sector operating department so they only um provide um development loans but to the private sector not to government uh, agencies okay so essentially this this sort of structure is common across multilateral different multilateral organizations so for instance a world bank would also tend to hire a lot of experts specific to their projects and a lot of generalist with like higher education degrees and program management experience in this yes yes um yes and i think there is a lot of um uh, 
like most of the people especially the young guys that i have met relatively young guys like people who are 35 40 uh, they are uh, they they usually come from one of these uh, uh, top institutions or, or like they have a phd in a specific area so there is also a lot of focus on higher education when it comes to hiring okay got it got it i i am the odd one out so <laughs> So what would you say uh, an an interview process at these organizations is like like I know for experts it would be very specific to the expertise area but for generalists when you talked about like needing program management experience and development experience yeah as you as you rightly um guessed that it, it highly depends on the role and and the type of engagement you're having um so in in usually in consultancy processes it it um it's not you don't have an interview like in a lot of cases like it's it's because you have worked in a, in a specific project or in a specific program you have an, an exposure to uh to prior activities within that uh, uh within that uh, program or role sometimes you don't have an interview process like for me after the initial consultancy i did not have i mean after the first interview that i got into as as a as an intern there was a couple of uh, stages of interview which is pretty uh, normal to all the other interviews that you might that you might guess there is a task that you have to do i think i had to make a proposal or something and there are multiple stages of interviews um after that while in the consultancy i did not have an interview because um there are certain direct consultancies that you that you get into because like for example as an intern i worked in this for building a proposal uh, for this particular project so the project officer knew that i was working on this particular initiative i had the background information i know all the all the um, other people working in this project and all the other players so uh, the project officer uh, uh, did a direct consultancy where he had hired me directly and then i think uh, that's why i did not have an interview after that but but it's it, like there is no specific other um, any other interview new interview process it's a very traditional way of uh, of getting hired multiple stages of interviews maybe some tasks and and things like that yeah okay so when the interview happens like you said tasks or maybe like behavioral rounds uh, and If- I don't think so there is a behavioral round but um I, I mean because it's de- as is as, as I mentioned earlier it's designed for people who have um like 15 years of experience right so okay. 15 to 20 years of experience it's not designed for for um for people who are relatively new so I mean when they have a certain background they can um uh, the interview process in, is a very traditional way they don't i don't think so they have any behavioral interviews but of course i think they check uh, if you are um if you for, if you um uh, how do you how do i say it like there is a certain competency based interview round i think so i think that that might be close to behavioral interviews okay so uh, just to, for my own clarification when you say it's a traditional interview um it involves doing some kind of task related to your role like you said you wrote a proposal it can it can yeah 
Uh, and what else? Could you give a range of like different types of activities that you might be asked? Uh, well, I, as they might determine what kind of competencies you have, does it fit into ADB competencies that they want to, they want every staff to have? I think one another requirement usually for being an international consultant or, or an ADB international staff is that you have work experience in multiple countries. So that's something that they look at for sure. Um, and on the basis of what the opportunity is, uh, they they understand if they if you have technical knowledge of that opportunity so there might be a technical round uh, in which you might have to create some proposals or you might have to submit um, a specific concept note uh, regarding uh, the potential activities that you will be doing or or the the procedure or the approach that you're going to be adopting so so yeah uh, I does that answer your question yes yes it does oh great um moving on uh, what would you say like generally speaking are the pros and cons of working with multilateral organizations right um, i think the pros is uh, uh, is uh, like one of the things that i like about multilateral organizations is that you are able to work in different countries and in different development uh, you are exposed to a lot of development challenges so in, in, in a way that like your mind um, is, is um, I mean, you do not like, for example, development challenges are complicated and it's different in different areas, even though the problems are similar. Let's say the pro problems related to deforestation in India is, is very, very different than problems of deforestation in Papua New Guinea. They, they might have very, very different backgrounds. There's a lot of different uh, social, local context that you need to understand. So I. I think it gives you a very broad uh, idea about uh, how, what kind of uh, challenges and solutions exist in, 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 in the world. So I think that's definitely a pro. You're exposed to a lot of different countries that way. Uh, when it comes to cons, I think, uh, um, as I mentioned earlier, like very few young people are engaged in, in multilateral organizations. I think it's because, um, like they hire people who are much more experienced and specialists. So there is not a lot of room for, uh, for uh, mistakes for that matter, because they want specialists in their field. Uh, and you don't see a lot of young people ex except like, you know, a few YPPs or consultants or interns, like we were struggling to find people our age in the first uh, two, three years that I was in Manila. Uh, yeah, because majority of the people were at the age of my dad, you know, or or even my grandfather for that matter. So it's uh, it's something that's of a con. I think they should definitely hire um, new young people with different skills and backgrounds so that uh, so that like a, as a multilateral development institution, they are uh, updated with the time on the issues that are there existing. So. So would this be a con in three different ways? One is that if you're a young professional, you will not have a lot of other young professionals to learn from, to interact with. Two, if uh, like generally, if you're looking to enter the space, it might be difficult uh, if you're a generalist and a young professional. And three, if you're an expert, uh, because you're the expert and everyone is counting on you, there's limited scope of you making mistakes. Yes, rightly put. Wow, okay. 
Well, uh, I'm sure the pros of like really working across different problems, different geographies is also uh, very, very important and still attracts a lot of uh, youth to work in such organizations. Um, right. So finally, just uh, and finally, just on general multilateral experience, uh, where have you seen people moving to after leaving these roles? Yeah, um, for the younger people, they they may stay in multilateral space. Um, like, for example, if they are employed in World Bank, they might move to African Development Bank or, or vice versa. Or if they're working in ADB, they might move to Inter-American Development Bank. Or like, you know, like it's, uh, they might move to other multilateral organizations or even the UN for that matter. There is a lot of uh, exchange between multilaterals in general. For, for a younger person. Uh, for an older person, usually when people arrive, um, I think uh, they usually arrive from a different organization, let's say from government to a multilateral. Uh, but there are some examples that I've seen where uh, from in mid-career, uh, these people, uh, if let's say they have um, an experience of 20 years working in multilateral or 30 years, they might they might found their own development organization. I mean, they uh, a lot of people have done that, where uh, which means that they head and they found their own organization, uh, development focused think tank or an NGO that works in a similar uh, setting. But uh, but of course, like they get funding from multilaterals. So because they've worked in multilaterals, they have an advantage in terms of understanding how the overall process works and. Um, uh, there are some people who go and uh, go back to uh, the government. Like, uh, for example, I think the finance minister of Indonesia, Sri Mulyani, she was she was working in World Bank, so they, she went back and um, to to Indonesia and joined uh, joined the government. Um, similarly, some people also, uh, if you have a long, lot of experience, they go back and head uh, like. Uh, the head a specific uh, NGO in a region or or a national um, in a national area. So I think I know a couple of staff members who've who left ADB and then they head the the India division or the Pakistan division of a specific uh, NGO. Seems like people do great things or move to wonderful places after moving on. There, there were like a few people, like some people just choose to retire. So. <laughs> Because a lot of people ent enter in mid-career, uh, yeah. so by the time they mm -hmm. leave, they retire. Uh, mm -hmm. From uh, and I think ADB is is a good place to retire. I think so <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, and well, just to conclude now, um, would love to know what your biggest learnings or realizations or surprises have been while working here at ADB. Uh, sure. Like my biggest learning has been understanding the inner workings of a large-scale project, a multilateral project, and the planning, uh, the the design parts of it, and the implementation challenges. I think that that uh, I did not under I did not know how complicated it was before, like uh, seeing it actually happen from uh, from the planning stage to the implementation stage. I think that's been uh, it's been very interesting to to be a part of this. In general, then uh, if 
if you want me to let me just quickly open a document that i can show you yeah for example like for a project in adb there is something called an adb project cycle which which starts with like a country partnership strategy it's like a very broad strategy that you have multiple rounds of talks with the governments and they create uh these regional cooperation and 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 uh, country partnership strategies um which which leads to like you know uh, there is a lot of thematic and sector based analysis that happens uh and after that there is something called country operations business plan or regional operations business plan that's developed then it goes to the preparation stage where they do initial poverty and social analysis so and a lot of these uh uh studies that's used to design the project uh then comes the approval phase where you have to get the approval from the government agency and the board of directors uh and and of course like there is a lot of uh, uh there are different rounds of consultations that happens from people on ground to uh, national level consultations to within adb consultations let's say if a project is being proposed that means that particular a document will be circulated across different departments for comments and on the basis of each and every comment you have to respond uh, or make changes in your project accordingly and then comes the implementation part which is another challenge because there is a lot of procurement that requires especially for like these these organizations they deal with millions of dollars worth procurement so they need to make sure that everything is in place uh, uh because there's so much of money and this is public money involved uh, um there is a lot of uh, um there is a lot of things that needs to be kept in um, uh i mean check for example there's a lot of environmental assessments that needs to be done there's a lot of sometimes there resettlements is required so there is a lot of things that needs to be done there um and um, after all that then the implementation starts there is a lot of monitoring and evaluation that hope that carries on so and a project is like a 5 year to 7 year deal like minimum <laughs> i would say especially when it comes to loans or or organizations so i think uh, that's where uh, uh, that's what i realized uh, in general when it comes to um the the learnings of uh, you know workings and the realization is that like um, uh, there is you need a very wide range of 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 knowledge to understand all these different moving parts uh, which is something that uh, a lot of people say a lot of people are focused into being um, a specialist in a, in a specific area which is definitely needed but at the same time if you are not um, if you do not understand how different moving parts function and how like you know one part is related to another one and another one um, uh, gives rise to uh, gives rise to another area of work so there's a lot of various moving parts and if you have a wide range of knowledge that helps you forecast and understand how things work um and uh, yeah and i think the surprises are the inefficiencies in, in this like huge system um because these 5 year 7 year 10 year projects there is a lot of change in personnel a change in governments political parties etc which which has um sometimes very bad influences in development agendas so so uh and 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 of course there is kind of you cannot uh, there is a lot of because this is um, so many uh, development agendas there is a very few uh, there's few areas of innovation and and freedom so i think those were somewhat negative and surprising elements that i identified so 
uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question. It does. Um, and finally, just I think this has been very, very useful uh, to learn about your work at ADP, your reflections, and in general, your thoughts on overall working with multilateral organizations. But just before we conclude the interview, I wanted to check if you have any final thoughts or any word, word of advice for students and young professionals looking to enter, uh, looking to work with multilaterals. Yes, I think it's it's amazing. Uh, it's a very good opportunity and learning experience. Um, uh, a lot of people prefer to come in on the later stage. So that's also a good way to approach this. I mean, you build your profile, work on ground in the grassroots level, develop a certain expertise. And once uh, you understand how a specific project or, or like once you've developed, uh, you, you, are become, you have become a specialist or an expert, you can, you can enter a multilateral development bank, which is, which is also one way of approaching uh, working with ADB. Meanwhile, if you also work with partner organizations, like uh, the firms that ADB hires, like you, you also have a very strong experience on how these proposals uh, are, like ADB proposals are. So you, like, you can build and develop that background over the years, be patient, and then enter the organization when you're 40s or something. Another way is... Uh, entering at a young age through multiple channels, as we discussed. Um, the process is very competitive, especially for staff positions, like uh, in, in programs like YPP. Thousands of people apply and only a handful of people get selected. Um, so don't be dejected also if you don't get selected. Uh, if you get selected, awesome. Uh, but uh, if you don't get selected, don't be rejected because there are, it's not completely also based on skill. There are sometimes internal quotas, um, like because there are so many member countries that I think there should be, there is an internal process of representation of which country or which personnel is being represented. I don't know the entire system, but, but there is, I know that for a fact that there is an internal um, mechanism for that. Uh, there are many other ways to become a staff as well. If you are interested for consultancies, you can always keep on checking CMS uh, and similar uh, platforms for other multilateral development organizations. Um, and I think, yeah, that's it. Um, overall, uh, don't be scared to just apply. There's no, there's no harm in applying. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, uh, prepare for... Uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> Just wanted to prove on one point you said, like keep checking out uh, CMS or similar websites of different organizations. What I had observed based on my experience is that not a lot of these organizations check their public posting so much. They're often like just a way uh, to follow the regulation. They might have people in mind already for these rules and there's a lot of hiring through reference. So how yes. relevant do you think or how useful is it to really apply uh, to job openings without talking to people in these firms or hiring? It's always, yeah. Uh, so you can, I mean, it's, there is no harm in applying. I think you should, one, one must always apply because without applying, I mean, you never know what, what happens. So one must definitely always apply. Uh, another way, uh, for example, I know people who have um, done it in a different way also, uh, which is, I think there was, 
there was a phd uh, student who was almost finishing her thesis and she applied for an internship and i think an internship is usually for a short duration of time around 3 months or something and during that course of internship she um i don't know her personally but i i uh, i know that i just talked to her once where she talked to multiple people where she's interested to work in and you know of course like talked about her experience and everything there are some people who like her so uh, uh in general there is a personal rapport that has been built um and when you apply for any positions even if it's like in the private sector the government or multilaterals it always helps to to know the people who are working there so and to understand to to just like you know um, step in the waters a little bit and and to really understand what's going on so that's also another way uh, of entering like for me also i i only got i since my my role is very uh, uh, it's not it's not like uh, it's not like something that uh, you can find it everywhere it's a, it's a very niche area uh, the only reason why i got the consultancy was because i was a uh, um i was working as an intern for two years and in knew a lot of internal processes and fields and and because uh, uh because like you know there is i i i had a uh, i knew how to navigate with an adv so uh, in general that always helps in any any uh, in any organization let's say if you want to ha- get hired in any other private firm also if you know the people there and you understand the processes and um if you know what kind of areas they are working in what kind of challenges do they have then you like you would be a much better candidate than any other person who does not know all this yeah got it got it awesome i think uh that's all from our end thank you so much sahil for taking out the time and sharing such valuable information and insights with us i'm sure this interview would be very useful for our listeners no worries i'm always happy to help i wish you all the best i think this is a great initiative that you have and um, kudos to you and your team who are doing this uh, in spite of studying full time or working full time thank you so much 